We are here. Glad you're here on a Wednesday. Welcome in, everybody. Thank you to Lasher Home Comfort System, sponsoring our first hour. They'll do a great job for you. You need that AC tuned up and serviced? Well, give them a call right now, 405-579-3113. That's 405-579-3113. Man, where do we start today? We get the PGA Championship teeing off tomorrow in Tulsa at Southern Hills. Matt Reynolds will join us at 135 from T-Town, coming up a little bit later on in the program. The Thunder gets the number two overall pick. It was a great night in the draft lottery for Oklahoma City. Number two, you'll take number two. Number two uh, works for Oklahoma City. That is the question that Austin Powers, the international man of mystery, asked who does number two work for working for Oklahoma City in the draft lottery last night. Will it be Chet Jabari? Or Paulo, we'll talk about that with Brandon Rabar at 12.35. OU men's golf team rallying big time today. Looks like they're going to win their regional over at the Jimmy. They have a nine-shot lead over Auburn right now. Uh, Ryan Hibble and the number one Sooners looking like they're going to take that regional with a few holes left to play. We'll update you on that. And the OU softball team will begin regional play Coming up on Friday night, taking on Prairie View and A&M, we'll get an update uh, from Patty Gasso on the Jordy Ball situation. More coming up here in a little bit. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Brandon Rabar at 1235. We have Matt Reynolds from the PGA at 135. And welcome in here on the Home of Sooner Fans on a Wednesday. Mike Steely and Parker Thune with you. But I want to start where we normally start, Oklahoma football What is going on with Ashton Cozart? Is he going to be the first Johnny Gigolo for Oklahoma when Bob, uh, not Bob Stoops, Brent Venable said, you know, who are you, you, Johnny Gigolo? You can't, you know, if you're going to marry somebody, you're committed, right? You can't go around like Johnny Gigolo. So are you here to tell me that the Oregon visit is not going to happen for Ashton Cozart? I, I am here to tell you that the Oregon visit is not something I have been able to confirm, and the people I have talked to have expressed some skepticism that it happens. From what I know, Ashton Cozart is pretty solidly committed to Oklahoma. Does that mean he won't visit Oregon this weekend? No, not necessarily. And look, I'm not trying to hedge my bets here. But what I am saying is, right now there's a lot of speculation out there. Naturally, there was that report last night that he's going to visit Oregon. From what I know right now, Ashton Cozart's commitment to Oklahoma isn't in any imminent danger. What you do have to keep in mind is that he's from the Pacific Northwest. Now, He understands the deal under Brent Venables. He understands that he can't take visits elsewhere without decommitting first. But I just want to make sure everybody understands here. Ashton Cozart is a guy that was going to commit to Oklahoma the day that Muleshoe dropped the bomb and left. And he was so sold on the University of Oklahoma that that changed nothing for him except his commitment date. It was just over two months later that he end up, ended up committing to Oklahoma anyway. So OU is where Ashton Cozart wants to be. Here's another thing you have to keep in mind. If he decommits, that does not mean he and OU are done by any stretch of the imagination. If you recall, Mike, there was a fellow by the name of C.D. Lamb mm-hmm. that did this exact same thing. Yep. Was committed to Oklahoma, decided, you know what, I want to take a few more visits. Decommitted, and guess what? He ended up right back where he started from. Now, what about this story that Ashton Cozart is traveling maybe with a 7-on-7 team, and that's one of those deals where, you know, maybe everybody's going to go take a look at the facility, that kind of thing. Is is that what's going on? Do we know? 
I, I don't know, and I don't think it's 7-on-7 seven seven related offhand. Uh, what I do know is that Ashton's spring game down at Marcus High School in Flower Mound, Texas, is tomorrow night. Uh, my colleague Brandon Drum is going to be there to check in uh, with Ashton and his teammates. So that should provide a little bit more clarity on the situation, which we are all over at OUinsider.com, a service of 24-7 sports. So uh, as of right now, it is not something I am imminently worried about because – I am very much of the opinion that, look, even if Ashton Cozart does decommit, even if he does decide, you know what, I want to take a visit here, a visit there, I'm still convinced he'll come back around to Oklahoma when all is said and done. On a scale of 1 to 10, what should uh, Sooner fans' worry level be on uh, Ashton Cozart eventually again being at Oklahoma? Three. A three. three. All right, that's not bad. That's no. not bad. So, and uh, I, what I wonder, though, is how do the OU coaches handle this if Ashton Cozart does take that visit to Oregon, as some people think is, it's going to happen? Does Brent get on the phone? Does somebody else get on the phone and say, hey, Ashton, you know, we love you, man, but you know our, our stance. We can't list you as an official commit. I mean, it, I, none of us know really how it's going to be done, but is that – plausibly what you think would happen or could happen? I mean, it's it's a guinea pig type of situation, right? We've never had to deal we, with yeah, this we before. Just don't know. We haven't, had, we haven't had a Johnny Gigolo situation yet. We heard it talked about in theory at the press conference with Brent, but we haven't had one arise yet, and so, this may be it. Aston Cozart could be the first. Again, my worry level is not high, regardless of whether he takes the visit or not. But I do, I, I do think it's going to play out exactly like you just said. You know, you got to get on the phone with the kid first and foremost and just ask him straight up, look, are you taking this visit? And if the answer is yes, then you're telling him, you know what, if that's what you're going to do, then we're going to need you to announce your decommitment first. Yeah, which is very strange to have a coaching staff going to a really highly touted prospect and saying, can you please decommit? <laughs> You know, that's not normal. It, it, it also makes me wonder, what happens if Astrid Cozart's just like, no, I'm not going to decommit. I'm not yeah. going to announce my decommitment. Then, then what do you do? Like, are you going to tell a kid, okay, well, you don't have a spot here anymore? Yeah. Well, it, it's going to be very interesting. And I'm like you, you. You are completely on the inside, and I'm on the outside looking in. But most people don't seem to be that seriously worried about it but it did something that they weren't expecting that's for sure based on what Brent has said about you know if you're committed to us you're truly committed this isn't just a hey you know what I like you guys best right now but I'm going to keep visiting everybody else but guess what I like you best right now you're my girlfriend all right but you know what I might just go out with a few other people uh, the Sooner staff is not going to operate that way. So we'll see what happens in this situation. All right. Uh, while we're on the subject of recruiting, uh, tell me about Brandon Baker from Modern Day. Highly touted offensive lineman. Offer from Oklahoma. Sooners against Muleshoe there. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't know a whole lot on that one yet. That offer is fresh. I haven't had a chance to circle back around and talk to the kid or talk to sources around him. But uh it is intriguing, Mike, to see the Sooners making a play into the state of California, isn't it? It is for interesting. For the most part, yeah. their offers under Venables have been KC Metro, DFW Metro, Houston Metro, and the Southeast. Now, all of a sudden, you got them venturing out west. 
I'd what do you make see, of it? I what do you love, make of this, I would Mike? love to – well, first of all, there's some really good football. Modern Day is one of the best programs in high school football. Yes, it is. So that's not a surprise. But, look, and that's one of the reasons that Muleshoe ran, uh, again, scared from the SEC. There's no doubt about that. But he's also – Muleshoe, as evil as he is and deceiving as he is, he's very deceptive. Uh, also knew that SC was out there, and they, they were waiting for a program to arise out there again. UCLA has been, eh, you know, nothing really special out there, obviously. But if you can get SC going and you can get most of those California kids that are heavily recruited, you've got yourself a contender. So I totally get that. But I would love to see Oklahoma go out there and uh, land some – Prospects in a battle head to head against SC. Do you have a fun. voice crack there? Were did, you getting emotional at the thought of no, Brent Venables was, horning in on Mule Shoes action? Maybe on the a little bit. Trail? There was a voice crack and there was some emotion involved as well. Uh, from the text line, somebody asking, what about the recruitment of Petaway and Pilots? Yeah, so Jaquazy Petaway, Mikhail Harrison Pilot, two kids from the Houston area. Uh, that are both four star wideouts in the 2023 class. Very similar players, both in the neighborhood of five foot eleven, so not super sizable, but they can run like the wind. Now, both of those players are going to be on campus June 3rd through the 5th for the Champion Barbecue. Petaway is on an official. Mikhail Harrison Pilot is on an unofficial. Now, at this point in time, from everything I know. Uh, from talking to the kids, talking to sources with knowledge of the situation, Oklahoma is in the driver's seat for pilot. It's just a matter of how things transpire with their other target targets at the wide receiver position because Mikhail Harrison Pilot has said he doesn't want to have a decision made until next January. So he's taken all the time he's got to come down to a decision. Which Equazy Petaway, that's been one of the more well-guarded recruitments of the 2023 cycle. This will be his third visit to Oklahoma in calendar year 2022. Texas is in the mix. Texas A&M is in the mix. Ohio State and LSU are in the mix. Nobody really knows if Jaquazy Petaway is leaning in any particular direction at this point in time or which direction that might be that he's leaning. But you are encouraged Whenever you see a guy coming back around Oklahoma and coming back around Oklahoma and coming back around again. The same same phenomenon we were talking about on Friday with Phil Picciotti. Mm-hmm. Right? So when a kid keeps coming back, you start to pay attention. So I think the Sooners have more in a puncher's chance with Jaquazy Petaway, but official visit season is going to be pivotal with so many of these prospects, but especially with a kid like that who becomes all the more paramount at a position that becomes all the more paramount when you're talking about potentially losing the commitment of a guy like Ashton Cozart, even though I'm not all too worried right now. Phil Picciotti, by the way, he's the linebacker, right, that you think Penn State's got a great chance to get, right? Is that correct? Picciotti. No, Penn State's not in his top four. Oh, Penn State. That was that was not, the big news on Friday. Really, that was the big news. He's yeah. not a Penn State guy. Who is in his top four? Oklahoma. All right. Michigan, Nebraska, and Auburn. Wow, Auburn. Sooners have the big time upper hand now. There you go. Phil Picciotti looks and sounds like one of those old school linebackers that had the neck brace. You know, <laughs> he thing. really does. And he also had the neck that's just gigantic. Like, who is a college foot like? Ed Simonini, I believe. Did he play at Texas A&M? Google up Ed Simonini. you like, got to help me on how to spell that, I Mike. think it's S-I-M-O-N-I-N-I. 
And that dude had a neck. That's a Phil Picciotti. That's how I picture, picture Phil Picciotti. All right. Thank you to Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Ladies and gentlemen, if you need an AC tune-up, well, that's the place to call Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113, 405-579-3113. We got a lot of stuff to get to today, man. A ton of stuff. And what a week it is sports-wise here in the great state of Oklahoma. We'll come back. We'll talk a little Thunder basketball with Brandon Rivard, 1235, and the PGA Championship teeing off tomorrow, 8, 11 a.m., to be very precise, for Tiger, Rory, and Jordan Spieth at Southern Hills. We're coming right back. Will the Sooners head to the SEC next fall or not? Yeah, we don't know. I think all of us thought, man, maybe Oklahoma and Texas would be in the SEC this coming season because that's kind of the history that these things happen very quickly. You don't want lame duck teams in your league, but maybe when they're the teams that bring in the most money, maybe you want them in as long as you can. There are thoughts out there that, man, Oklahoma can't pay the exit bill. You know, they got to wait a little while. Uh, they, they just don't want to do that. Maybe they'll be in the uh, Big 12 to 2025 through the grant of rights. I don't see that happening, but could they be playing uh, in the new Big 12 when we've got four new schools coming in in 2023 with Cincinnati, Houston, BYU, and UCF? We'll have to wait and see. Bob Stoops on the ref yesterday, on the rush, Making his appearance, his Tuesday appearance with Teddy and Tyler was asked about, uh, you know, what's going on with the SEC. We got the league meetings. They're talking about pods. Could it be two big divisions? Has Bob Stoops heard anything about how this is going to shake out, and what are his thoughts on the situation? I I haven't heard at all. I have heard more than anything, maybe of the pod idea. Uh, now I don't know if there's any validity to it or not. Um, you know, so I, I think we'll be fine whatever we do. Uh, and, um, listen, when I when I was in the SEC at Florida with Coach Spurrier, uh, the strongest by far part of that league was the East. And now it's changed where, you know, of course, with Alabama in the West. But back in that day with Coach Spurrier, Florida, I think in his – in his 10, 11 years, I think he they, they won the league like seven times. Mm. And with Tennessee right there with us, um, always had great battles with Tennessee. And the West wasn't very strong. And, you know, but again, so now it's, it's a little bit different. So it doesn't really matter. You're going to, you know, you're going to play the bulk of those teams regardless. And hopefully you can get in a SEC championship game and play another great team. But again, I, I've, you know, we, we've got a lot of confidence that OU will be more than ready for it. There you go. And uh, we talked about this recently. If you're a Sooner fan, who do you want in your pod? You are clearly going to have Texas in your pod uh, since you have one of the most historic rivalry games in college football on that second Saturday in October. But who do you want? What other two teams do you want? Personally, I would like to see it be Missouri and Arkansas. Some people, maybe, would love to see A&M and LSU. I do think that A&M and LSU are going to be in the same pod, but apparently A&M doesn't want any part of Texas again in their pod, although we are going to see that rivalry renewed in some fashion, the Texas-Texas A&M rivalry. So I have a question for you, Mike. 
on the Wikipedia pages of both the University of Oklahoma football program and the University of Missouri football program, those two schools are listed as dormant rivals. Was Oklahoma versus Missouri ever a rivalry to you? Mm, no, I don't think so. Were there some great games contested? Yes. I mean, you had the Chase Daniel teams, you know, that Oklahoma beat in Norman. The Oklahoma beat in the Big 12 championship game. You had some big moments. Uh, the go-jo-go run that Mike Trepps called there at Faroe Field back in the 70s. So you had some matchups back in the day with Missouri, but I never thought Missouri was a rivalry. Uh, you know, when I was growing up following Oklahoma football, football uh it was texas oklahoma state and nebraska and i know i'll get people on the text line away oh, she's not a rivalry again it's not a competitive rivalry in football okay i'll grant you that but those were the those were the three games you looked at you know so like i said i never considered the missouri game a rivalry so you wouldn't feel the need to add missouri to oklahoma's pod solely for the sake of renewing a rivalry because no. you don't think it is one no. Okay. I just uh, and I know people would say, man, it would be so much more exciting if you had LSU and A and M. Okay, I get that, but I, I, Arkansas and Oklahoma could develop a little border war, right? I love, love the thought of Oklahoma and Arkansas in the same pod because I think that has the potential to develop into a killer new rivalry. Yeah, I, I love that idea. You might look- Oklahoma and Arkansas has it, that is a rivalry that's been waiting to happen for years and years and years. And it needs to happen once they get to the SEC. I think my ideal pod is OU, Texas, Arkansas, and then take your pick between Missouri and A and M. Honestly, I, you don't I, want I, LSU. I don't really want LSU. I don't foresee that becoming a rivalry. I don't for, foresee that becoming a game that has or that develops any semblance of historical significance. You already have historical significance with Missouri. And then as far as Texas A&M is concerned, Oklahoma and A&M have been engaged in turf wars over the last few years on the recruiting trail. They are both programs that have a lot of optimism with regard to their future, You know whether that optimism is misplaced or <laughs> whether it's real. Uh, they're both programs that are on similar levels in terms of their ability to go pursue and acquire elite recruits. And so I would think that if A&M can develop any inkling of a championship culture under Jimbo Fisher, that will lead to some pretty competitive games with Oklahoma. And that's what you want. You want healthy competition. That's what's not fun about Oklahoma playing in the same conference as Kansas State. Or, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, like Kansas, for instance. I, I don't want to take any, anything away from Kansas State, but Kansas is a win every year for Oklahoma and has been a win every year for a quarter century. If it came down to a choice between, let's say, the, the SEC, you know, ADs and the, the people in charge, Greg Sankey and company, you know, picking these pods out eventually, and they say, we're, we're definitely putting Arkansas in with Oklahoma and Texas. Arkansas and Texas was a great rivalry. You talk about that game in Fayetteville that the Longhorns came back and won, and Richard Nixon is in the locker room presenting the national championship trophy to uh, Daryl Royal. I mean, they've got a lot of good history there. Oklahoma and Arkansas, again, can develop more history. But if it came down to a choice between, say, A&M or LSU rather than Missouri, I would rather have A&M. You get to see the A&M band, which is one of the best in the land, 
And, you know, as crazy as the Aggies are, their traditions are unlike any other in, in yeah, sports. They're definitely unlike any other. You know, nobody else is squeezing their junk, you know, to suffer with the team that I know of, unless they're really, you know, talking to a psychiatrist every week. But, and the LSU, I don't want the LSU fans in Norman every other year. I mean, they're very destructive. That's the other thing, too, about LSU is just don't want to interact with that segment of the population. No, the, the A&M Very fans. Very unique brand of human being. The A&M fans are uh, a little bit crazy. And, you know, they would have the Friday yell practice in Norman and everything. And they're, they're a little bit out there. But the, the, uh, the LSU fans are a different breed. Different breed, no doubt. All right, you want to go to the Air Comfort Solutions text line? We got Brandon or Bart coming up yeah, next. Yeah, well, we have we have a listener asking, who do you think the Thunder will take with the number two pick? I mean, I have my guess. I know you have your guess, Steely, but you like we'll Paolo, ask, I like Jabari. Yeah, I think. we will we will ask the authority on all things Thunder, Brandon or Bart. You know, there's no there's no guarantee that Chet Holmgren's going to go number one. Now, if you said who do I think is going to go number one? I think it'll probably be Chet Holmgren of Gonzaga one, but it could be Jabari Smith. It might be Paulo Bancaro. You never know. But Oklahoma City is going to wind up with a excellent player. Last night was a huge night. It felt like the Thunder is on the road back last night. It really did. You really needed to get in the top three. So they'll have three... 12, 30, and 34 in the draft. And who knows? Maybe they maybe they move up. Maybe they move up and Sam Presti's able to get up in the, um, I don't know, the top seven or so. And you could get somebody else along with uh, who you're taking at number two. So that was a big night for OKC, no doubt. Kyle in Broken Bow says, I guess we should probably address the elephant in the room when we make the move to the SEC. I hope we realize that serving only two kinds of light beer in one seltzer will be unacceptable to fans at Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. Time to stiffen up and give us some decent brewski options. Everybody needs a decent brewski. Is that what they serve? Two kinds of light beer in one I, seltzer? I, I, that's, yeah, I don't know. You know, I'm not roaming the general... Uh, admission areas during games and More I, i'm not options. frequenting the concession stands so this is not something i am an authority on or have any knowledge of oklahoma johnny says uh where is oklahoma johnny there he is oklahoma johnny says i like oklahoma texas arkansas and a whipping dog in missouri we can only handle so much texas texas a&m drama so just take one or the other, not both. But it would be so much fun to have those three in the same pod because it would be so much drama. There would be a lot There's of like drama. There's like a three-way rivalry there right but now. But a and has been. They, the, the reason they went to the SEC was, number one, to get away from Texas and, two, to make more money. And maybe, you know, those were one and one A, actually. So I think they want to avoid Texas as much as they can. They can't completely avoid them anymore, obviously, but – I don't know. I just don't see Texas and Texas A&M in the same pod. You talk about a love triangle. That's a hate triangle right there. OU and Texas fans can unite in their hatred of A&M. Texas and A&M fans can unite in their hatred for Oklahoma. And Oklahoma and A&M fans can unite in their hatred of Texas. Yeah, that's that's true. You are, you're correct, sir. All right, we're going to break right here. Let's keep those texts rolling in. 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. Six five one thirty four thirty nine. It's the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Text number again four zero five six 
5-1-34-39. Keep them rolling in. We'll answer as many as we can. Brandon Rabar talking about a huge night for the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're back. We hope. Stay with us. Oh, yeah. Last night, the Thunder struck number two overall selection. A great night for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Mr. Thunder himself, Nick Collison, was there representing OKC. Mr. Thunder brought OKC some really good luck. Here's what Nick Collison said last night about, again, a very fortunate night for the Oklahoma City Thunder. They end up with the number two pick in the draft. Happy for the fans. Uh, happy for the city. Um, you know, it's, it's exciting and happy for the people in the organization. Like I said, we got a really good uh, coaches, front office staff, support staff, and so everybody works re- really hard a- every single season. And, and to be able to, you know, have some good fortune tonight and and uh, get a player that's going to be good for us is exciting. There you go, Nick Collison. Last night, the NBA draft lottery last year was not kind to the Thunder. This year, it was it was great. It was really good. And again, as long as you get in the top three, you're getting it looks like a franchise changing kind of player. Whether it's Chet Holmgren. Jabari Smith or Paulo Bancaro. Uh, Oklahoma City is going to be in good shape. Brandon Rabar, I know, was fired up about it. He was tweeting, and uh, he's a Twitter superstar now. He gets like 9 million retweets. He's a, I think he's a global sensation is what he is. Brandon, thank you for joining us. And last night kind of felt like the Oklahoma City Thunder was officially on the road back. It was. Last night was a huge, massive win for the Oklahoma City Thunder and Thunder fans. It's it's really exciting. It, it honestly is. If the Thunder would have not gotten a top-five pick, it would have felt pretty, I don't want to say devastating for the Thunder, but, but look, they've tanked for two years, and the whole idea is to get a top-four-or-five pick. They got number six last year. That worked out really well, actually, despite you know the bad luck because Josh Giddy was so good. But this year, like you said, it's kind of a three-player draft. I mean, I, I would have been happy with any top five because I believe that Shaden Sharp and Jaden Ivey are good players. But kind of across the board, everybody feels like the three bigs, Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith Jr., and Paolo Bancaro, those are like, you know, a tier unto themselves. And the Thunder getting number two means they're guaranteed one of those guys. And when you put one of those guys, whether it's Paolo, Chet, or Jabari, next to SGA, next to Giddy, Dort, Mann, Baisley, Poku, you've really got something exciting working. Especially when you look at next offseason when they have a clean salary cap. Uh, you know, SGA is going to be the only big contract on the books, and they've got all these future first-round picks. If you add, you know, if you go out and sign somebody, or, or you know, th- there's so many options now for the future of this franchise. Last night was, was a big, big step. Okay, Brandon, so this leaves the natural question. What do you want the Sooners, or not the Sooners, I'm so used to talking about the University of Oklahoma. What do you want the Thunder to do with pick number two if your top option, which you've said, I believe is Jabari Smith, is off the board? You just go Chet Holmgren at that point? You see a case for Paulo Boncaro? Do you look at maybe a Shaden Sharp or a Jaden Ivey if you're really feeling spicy? What do you think is the thought process? Yeah, it's funny because I've I've really kind of fallen for Shaden Sharp, but that was you know I, that was you know to kind of hedge the bet if the Thunder didn't get a top three pick and didn't have a chance at one of these bigs. As much as I like Sharp and Ivy, you got to go with one of these bigs. 
I, I've honestly had Chet and Jabari as kind of a 1A, 1B, and it depended on which day you asked me. I've probably been on the show with you two, and you guys have asked me a few different times. There's probably been times where I've said Chet, there's times where I've said Jabari. That's how close I think that they are. Honestly, here's, here's my answer, Parker. I think you take whichever one of Chet or Jabari that Orlando doesn't take. Orlando takes Jabari, you take Chet. Orlando takes Chet, you take Jabari. I mean, I, as much as I like Paolo, and if, and if Sam Presti takes Paolo, I trust you know, his opinion more than mine. But, uh, but to me, Chet and Jabari, man, those are just home run picks. and you, it's, it's really 1A, 1B. Brandon Rabar with us, DailyThunder.com, joining us on the law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line, Steelman and Thune, home of Sooner fans on the Ref Radio Network on a Wednesday. Okay, so Oklahoma City also right now, again, with the 12th pick, as determined by the, the lottery order last night. Maybe you could get a Ben Matherin or an Adrian Griffin Jr. or Johnny Davis, somebody there. But Oklahoma City also has, again, pick number 30, and then maybe you package somebody like, I don't know, a Darius Baisley or, or somebody else, and uh, maybe you could move up. Uh, how high do you think Oklahoma City could push up uh, if they package that 12th pick and the 30th pick and maybe somebody else? Yeah, that's a great question because, like you said, there's going to be talent there at 12, and, and I think if the Thunder just picked pick whoever's best available at 12, it'll be a really nice player. But like you said, you can kind of get into that next tier, maybe move up. I, I think the perfect place to trade up would be the Trailblazers at number seven. They want to win now. They're on a clock with Dame. They want to improve. If you can give them a win-now player, I'm not endorsing trading Lou Dort, but let's just hypothetically say that you you know traded 12 and Dort for seven, and maybe Sharp falls there, maybe, you know, uh, A.J. Griffin is still there, Keegan Murray, and you, and you really love those guys. Uh, you know, that's a possibility. Or like you said, 12 and 30, maybe that gives you uh, moves you up to number 9 or 10 because you really like a player there. The thing with the Thunder having so many, you know, nice role players and, and young guys and all these picks, they have a 1,000 options. I'll tell you this. If there's somebody there at 7 when the Blazers are, are picking that, that Sam Presti really loves, uh, he will not hesitate to trade number 12 and, and whether it be 30, a future pick, one of those young players, he'll move up and get him. Okay, uh, I'm going to go ahead and tweet it out right now. Brandon Rabar says Thunder should trade Lou Dort. So there we go. The, uh, the Twitter campaign has begun. Okay, Brandon, let me ask you this. So the Thunder have four picks in the top 35. Say they don't trade away those picks to try and move up to, you know, like you meant, maybe seven and exchange uh, with the Portland Trailblazers there. Say they hold on to those picks. Do you think, looking at this draft board as a whole, that with those latter two picks in the top 35, the Thunder can get guys that can be serviceable NBA starters in the immediate future? Or do you think this is more just about adding depth to the roster at that point? I think at that point it would be depth for sure. Uh, what's nice about this draft when you're picking at two and twelve, you know, like we talked about, you, it's top heavy. You know, the the big three at the top, and then maybe a big five, and then you know, once you get into like around fifteen, uh, the mid teens, there's there's another drop off. So it's really nice that Thunder have the twelve spot. Now they have thirty and thirty four. What's nice for them once you get to like the twenties and thirties. It's, it's kind of just a dealer's choice. There's not really tiers there. 
So I think when you're picking there, I think that Sam Presti proved last year with Jeremiah Robinson Earl at 34 and Aaron Wiggins at 55 that he can he can pick guys. They scout so much, maybe more than anybody else in the league. Uh, the Thunder, you know, trust their scouting. So I think that they can get some depth there at those spots. But you know, when you're picking at 30 and 34, if you can get some quality depth, that's a win because sometimes those guys don't even stick in the NBA. For me, uh, I would take right now Jabari Smith and Ben Matherin and be very happy if you could get yeah. both those guys somehow. Uh, yeah. You know, I like them a lot. And look, uh, if it's Paulo, if it's Holmgren, uh, you know, I'm, I, I know people are worried because they see Chet Holmgren and they see him rail thin and they think, who's going to get pushed around by NBA centers? Well, he's not always going to be that skinny. I mean, they did put a little bit of meat on Poku, and they can do the same thing with Chet Holmgren. He still needs a little more. But, you know, in terms of a ceiling, Holmgren might have the highest ceiling of all three of those guys. But yep. I also think he is the one with – I don't know if I want to say bust potential because that's pretty strong, but maybe to be a little bit disappointing. Um, and Jabari Smith, I don't know if he's the second coming of Kevin Durant, but he might be based on right. ca- how he plays the game, how he shoots the three, uh, his size. You know, Durant – you know, Jabari Smith is not super put together. He's kind of skinny too, but so was Kevin Durant. So – Overall, it was a really good night for Oklahoma City, there's no doubt. So, was Nick Collison the key? I guess he had to be, right? Yeah, you know, he, he told Sam Presti he guaranteed a successful evening. Uh, so, Sam Presti said he was going to build a statue if, if, he, uh, if he made good on his guarantee. But it, it's going to be of him holding a card, not of Collison playing. But I say you got to send Mr. Thunder to the uh, lottery draft every year from here on out. Don't, don't mess around with the success. But hopefully that's only one more year. It was not a good night for the Pistons. It was not a good night for Portland. It was a great night for Oklahoma City. And speaking of NBA basketball tonight, Mavs, Golden State, 8 o'clock on TNT. After Miami rallied to beat the Celtics, they dominated the third quarter. They outscored Boston by 25 in the third quarter to win game one of the Eastern Conference Finals last night. Brandon, great stuff, man. Great stuff. June 23rd is the NBA draft. We will be having you on before then. As usual, my friend, we really appreciate your time. Thank you. Absolutely, Mike Parker. Appreciate it. Brandon Rabar, ladies and gentlemen, that man is a a tweeting machine. And, you know, I could say, hey, Brandon, any chance you can come on at 1 a.m.? He'd say yes. That's the kind of guy he is. He's a very good guy. Program guy, you might say. He's a program guy. He's not negotiating behind the scenes with anybody else. He's not going to take a personal day. He's not going to say we didn't take kids from the ref or – we took him from the portal, that kind of thing. Hey, by the way, uh, somebody hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line to let us know. Cowherd is about to talk about Mule Shoe. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I can't wait to see what kind of content we have tomorrow off of that. And those Brokeback Mountain memes are going to come out again, aren't they? They'll be everywhere here soon. All right, we got a break right here. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Wednesday, one day away. One day away from the PGA tomorrow at Southern Hills. Matt Reynolds will join us a little bit later on to talk about the happenings there at Southern Hills today. All of our reports from the uh, PGA at Southern Hills brought to you by Craig Cox and Elite Roofing Systems. They're locally owned and operated. Elite Roofing is Oklahoma City and Tulsa's affordable roofing company. Thank you again to Craig Cox and Elite Roofing Systems. Call them up in Oklahoma City at 405-361-3094 or in Tulsa. 
918-984-5475. Coming right back. Okay, we are back. Coming up during the uh, 1 o'clock hour, one thirty-five. Matt Reynolds will join us from the PGA Championship, which tees off tomorrow at Legendary Southern Hills. How about having a legendary time this summer? You've got four opportunities at a Riverwind Casino to attend the Beats and Bites Festival, beginning on May 28th with Night Ranger and Starship with Mickey Thomas. First show out should be a good one. And again, they'll have all the best local food trucks out there, retail vendors, even a fireworks show happening on July 9th after the Randy Rogers Band show July 9th. But again, it all starts on May 28th. Night Ranger, Starship with Mickey Thomas. First show out. Then in June, Everclear, Sister Hazel, Deep Blue Something, June 18th. Two shows in July, the Randy Rogers Band on July 9th and Scotty McCreary on July 30th. Again, fireworks display on July 9th after the Randy Rogers Band. But you can get all of your tickets that you need right now for all of these shows. They're only $5 per ticket to Beats and Bites 2022. Again, great food out there. It's a kid-friendly environment. You can bring your pet. They've got craft beer from Coop Ale Works, also sponsoring Beats and Bites again this year. Sixth year in a row, Beats and Bites is back be thinking about the first show out, Night Ranger and Starship, again on May 28th. You can get your tickets online right now at Riverwind.com. $5 per ticket, or you can get them at the box office at the casino. Another reason why Riverwind is simply the best. All right, do you want to get to the Air Comfort Solutions text line? I think we should. I think we should do just that. Let's do it. One listener says, Chet Holmgren will definitely be an NBA bust. I have never seen an NBA center with narrow shoulders succeed. Just remember Bill Wennington of the Bulls. Bill Wennington won a couple championships, though. Bill Wennington, you know, was along for the ride on the MJ train, though. But uh, you know, it's a different NBA, though, man. It's a we're not talking about '80s, '90s basketball. We're talking about Chet Holmgren is a guy who can make threes. Look, uh, you know, you might even get somebody else let's say Oklahoma City with this extra cap space let's say somehow they signed DeAndre Ayton you know from the Suns maybe that happens I doubt it but we'll see then you get somebody who's a rim protector and Chet Holmgren could be that guy who plays uh, more of a wing position and play inside some I agree if you're playing a bruising you know defensive style of basketball which is not modern day NBA basketball for the most part then Chad Holmgren is going to get pushed around. But uh, he's got a really good skill set. Would I rather see Jabari Smith or even Bancaro over Chet? Yes. But, um, you know, people, when they see that size and uh, he can handle a basketball, he can shoot from the outside, he's got a really good skill set. And that that's the reason why Poku's in Oklahoma City, right? He's like a poor man's Chad Holmgren, a little bit shorter. But, again, Poco's, Poku's, you know, nearly seven feet, right? So, and general managers, they get intrigued when they see that. But I would rather have Jabari Smith than Paulo Bancaro over Chet, in my opinion. So, we'll see. Kylan Brokenbow says, Parker, when I was a kid, my old man snuck vodka in. I watched my drunk father crowd surf to the Boz's luxury box and got to do a fist bump with him. Best Memorial Stadium memory I have aside from the 2000 Nebraska game. We've been roaming that stadium since Chuck Fairbanks was in town. Hmm. That's probably Kyle might be around my age. Getting ready to uh, become a senior. Join the seniors tour. 
or the Champions Tour, as it's called now. But the 2000 Nebraska game—that's the one where they where they carried the goalpost to the duck pond. Yes, right? that's right. That happened. That was a thing. Yes, and uh, remember, man, there were some big plays. You had uh, the Derek Strait interception for the uh, the pick six. Nebraska came out, and I think didn't Nebraska get up fourteen to nothing in that game? They marched down the field a couple times. That Oklahoma came right back, had some big plays in that game. Who was the uh, the fade route to? Was that Curtis Fagan who ta- who caught that? I'm trying to remember a little bit before your time. Somebody helped me out on the uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line, but Hypo had a long touchdown pass. Derek Strait had the pick six. You had that incredible uh, catch by Andre Wolfolk. Um, that was a game where that completed Red October, and it felt like the Sooners were officially back then. Like, Oklahoma's definitely back. Okay. Except nobody jinxed them by saying it on live television. No. No. Who was it? Was that Tessator that said that, that made the infamous Texas's back call when they beat Notre Dame? I'm trying to remember who that was. Yeah, that's a good question. Well, of course, Sam Ellinger proclaimed it. That he tried to rubber stamp it, right? Texas beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, and that, ladies and gentlemen, was Sam Ellinger's finest moment. It was Curtis Fagan. Yeah, okay. Did I say Curtis Fagan? You did. Okay. Yes, that was your guess. Wow. Josh Norman blocked a punt as well mm-hmm. in that game, as a few listeners are pointing out. Yep. Good point. Good stuff. All right, uh, we have another hour to go, and we want to thank, again, Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. How many big kicks did Tim Lasher make for you? A bunch. I mean, a bunch of them. So if you need your AC service, give him a call. And they're a great company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. We've got another hour ahead. Matt Reynolds, live from the PGA Championship. It is the day before opening day at the PGA, following Tiger around. Guess what? There are a bunch of people following Tiger around today. Matt will tell us about that and more when we get back. Stay here on The Ref. Hour 2 presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Take that exit for a great deal on a car, truck, or SUV from the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Great guarantee, great service after the sale. You can't beat oil changes and engines for life on new or used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. That's a heck of a guarantee right there. Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Thank you for sponsoring hour number two here on Steelman and Thune on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. All right, we're day away from opening day at the PGA. Tiger plays at 8-10 tomorrow with Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy. What a what a threesome that will be getting underway early at Southern Hills tomorrow. Matt Reynolds will join us at uh, 1.35, about a half hour from now, and uh, tell us what's happening at Southern Hills today. Our PGA Championship updates brought to you by Craig Cox and Elite Roofing Systems. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Elite Roofing Systems, for giving us uh, this great coverage from the PGA. Uh, They're locally owned and operated, and they are the affordable roofing company in Oklahoma City and Tulsa. You can call them up in Oklahoma City at 405-361-3094 or in Tulsa at 918-984-5475. Speaking of golf, the Sooners, they are running away with the uh, regional at Jimmy Austin. Uh, Ryan Hibble's number one ranked Oklahoma golf team entered the final round of the regional over at the Jimmy today. Six shots behind Auburn. Auburn got red hot. The Sooners played so-so yesterday, but they're playing great today. They're 10 under on the round. Um, Auburn is six over on uh, round three. The final round is today. Oklahoma, a 10-shot lead over Ole Miss and Auburn. 
10 back, Texas 13 back, Utah. Uh, looks like, again, uh, Utah will also advance out of the Oklahoma Regional, but the Sooners are well on their way to winning this regional. The Cowboys in Columbus at the Scarlet Course at The Ohio State University ended up in a tie for first with Georgia Tech. Ohio State was third, Arkansas fourth, so the Razorbacks are moving on as well. East Tennessee State was fifth. So a lot of great golf happening in the state of Oklahoma uh, this week. All right, let's start talking football right here. Bob Stoops on with the rush yesterday. Now, what is going to happen if the Sooners in Texas are not in the SEC next fall? You've got four new teams coming into the league. Houston, Cincinnati, UCF, and BYU. So what happens again? We had this speculation, and look, I was saying it, Parker, I think you were saying it, that we didn't think that Oklahoma would be a lame duck in the league very long. No. Maybe one year. But if it is a two-year situation and the Sooners all of a sudden are part of a 14-team conference, what does Bob Stoops think about OU in that potential situation? Here is what the former Sooner coach said on the rush yesterday. I think it's great in that there's a lot of really good football teams there. Uh, how much revenue they're going to bring to the Big 12, I don't know what, how that's going to look, uh, if they're going to bring additional revenue and or, you know, uh, Oklahoma and, you know, if our piece would be any bigger or not, I'm guessing not. But uh, as far as bringing in some really quality football teams, uh, I think that part of it's really uh, solid and really great. Yeah, so uh, that part of it's really good. There you go. What percentage chance do you think the Sooners and the Longhorns end up in the same league again that is going to add Cincinnati, Houston, BYU, and Central Florida? Very slim. One in three? Very slim. 25%? Yeah, I would say 20%. 20%? If they do, who is the Sooners' biggest rival among those four teams, new teams? Not that it's like you know, I guess, a huge rivalry, but well, yeah, I guess just because of the historical aspect, you you'd almost have to say Houston, right? The last time those two teams met, Houston won, or no, no I guess that wasn't the last time they met, but Tom Herman, the there, Tom Herman year, NRG Stadium, Houston beat Oklahoma in NRG Stadium. Obviously, uh, the Jalen Hurts year, I believe that was Jalen Hurts' debut, was on that Sunday night. Uh, his debut in an Oklahoma uniform, he put up something like 508 all-purpose yards in that game, and Oklahoma beat the brakes off Houston. But I would say that's probably the natural choice. How about BYU? Uh, BYU, they of separated course, Sam they separated Sam Bradford's shoulder. shoulder, and they brought Landry Jones into the game. And that was a very long night at uh, Jerry World. Sooner fans, really, I'm sure that was their first experience, unless they're huge Dallas Cowboy fans at Jerry World, and that was a rough night, man. And I tell you what, BYU travels some fans now. They BYU had a lot of fans there that night. That's the night the drunk dude in our post game came up to me as I was trying to make my way to the facility during our five-minute timeout. Steady, hey, do me a favor, will you? He, like, almost corners me against a wall. Okay. Budweiser breath everywhere. You tell Kevin Wilson. And I said, he's a lying liar. Well, yeah. He said this is going to be the best offensive line we've had. We'll ask Sam Bradford if it was. That guy, I was like, I'll tell Kevin when I see him that you said, what was your name, Junior? 
from uh, where? Duran. Okay, I'll tell him the junior from Duran said, Kevin, you're a lying liar. But he was not very happy that night. I still remember that conversation, which was very one-sided, but it was very interesting. So BYU and BYU, again, I've talked about this before, The after the 84 season, right, Oklahoma, Barry Switzer was campaigning. BYU was undefeated. BYU beats a 6-5 and five Michigan team in the Holiday Bowl. And they were number one. And Barry Switzer was campaigning. Hell, we going to beat Washington. We're number one team in the country. You know, that kind of thing. And they went to the Orange Bowl, and they got beat by Washington. And that's when the people in Utah named a sewage treatment facility after Barry Switzer because of all his campaigning. So, Switzer, I think it's still there somewhere. Has OU ever played Cincinnati yes, or UCF? They. I was trying to think of UCF. They played Cincinnati, I know, one year at Cincinnati. And I'm trying to – I think they played them in Norman. It had to have been a you know, – Yeah, it had to have a, been a home-and-home. Home. Yeah, so UCF, I can't recall, but we'd have to go at Winsipedia. Okay. I forget Winsipedia is a thing. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very useful little tool. OU UCF football series. Let's see if these two programs have ever played. No previous matchups. Okay, I wasn't thinking. OU Cincinnati, I would say two or three maybe. You want to try that one? Oklahoma played them twice and won twice. Okay, so. 2008 and 2010. All right, and I remember the one uh, at Cincinnati. And I can I, I can't remember the one in Norman, but well, the uh, one in Cincinnati was a tie one, thirty-one to twenty-nine. Oklahoma won that yeah. game. It was a fifty-two twenty-six in Norman in two thousand eight. There you go. Luke Fickle's done a pretty good job there. He has done a remarkably good job. You ever been to Cincinnati? I I don't think. No, I, I offhand I don't think I've ever been to Cincinnati. I haven't been to Ohio. Come to think of it, really? No, no skyline chili for you. No, that's the uh, that's the chili with the chocolate in it, which is supposed to be really good. Wait, chili with chocolate? There's in a it? little bit of chocolate in there. No way. From what I hear, that's a thing. Skyline chili. Am I right, people? Skyline chili. Okay, well, Cincinnati. see now, now I got to go right back to Google. I think there's a tiny bit of chocolate in in that chili, if I'm not mistaken. This is weird. Go ahead and Google it up, okay? Okay. So anyway, at the end of the day, it has chocolate, all right? Apparently, chocolate in chili is a thing. Does Skyline put chocolate in their chili? Per Mm mashed.com, there is no chocolate in Skyline chili. What? But apparently, apparently... Chocolate in chili is a Cincinnati thing. Okay. so Just it's not a, a skyline. It's a Cincinnati thing, but not a skyline thing. All right. I'll accept that answer. That is bizarre. Google, I mean, everything, every, how great would it have been back in the day? Because the original Google was called Encyclopedia Britannica, or the World Book back in the day. That was your Google. That was much more difficult much more difficult back in the day. Yeah, you people know that, uh, hey, Steely, what happened to Boz's exceptional fellow linebacker, Paul Miliazzo? Last I heard, he was still uh, in Kansas City 
Um, we're going to have to kill you, Steely. That's a secret. Oh, the chocolate and the chili. Mm, sorry about that. I am sorry. While working at Southern Hills Country Club maintenance back in the summer of 87 and 88, we were raking bunkers after a rainstorm and getting out of our bunker in plenty of time before a foursome played their shot into the green. One of those golfers in the foursome as he approached the green began to rip us while throwing out a few F-bombs and other curse words. Turned out to be Oral Roberts' son, Richard Roberts. Not cool. All of us bunker-raking college kids, I'm sure, knew all the rules of golf. Better than old Richard Roberts. Hmm. Interesting. A story from Southern Hills. Not involving the PGA, but involving golf and religion. Home and home against Cincinnati, one listener points out, was while Brian Kelly was the coach there. That's right. That's right. You're right. I can't believe I spaced on that. There are some seasons, and I think 2008 is one of those seasons, where you feel like you just have a recap of every game emblazoned into your brain. Mm-hmm. But I don't have any recollection of that Cincinnati game. It, yeah, it's so weird for me, too. I have more of a recollection of the game at Cincinnati, and I have, like, zero recollection of the, the home game. So, anyway. All right, 405-651-3439 of the Air Comfort Solutions text line. But I, I would go with BYU if – that would be Sooner fans still have a BYU issue. I need to see if the Switzer water treatment sewage facility is still out there. I believe it is. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. Matt Reynolds from Southern Hills coming up at 135. Good to have you along for the ride today. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. You know, uh, Clapton pulled a, a mule shoe on uh, George Harrison and got uh, – Patty Boyd, Layla, out of the portal. Thus the inspiration uh, uh, for the song. Yeah, that's a very good analogy because there was some tampering involved. Uh, there was definite tampering involved. So uh, there you go. All right. Uh, Sooner women's softball team, we did uh, hear, surprise, surprise, that Jocelyn Allo is one of three finalists for National uh, Softball Player of the Year. And uh, the Sooner women trying to bounce back after a Big 12 championship game loss to Oklahoma State last Saturday. Oklahoma will host Prairie View Friday night, 6.30 ESPN+. Plus. The Sooners 49-2 in the year. The other half of the bracket, Texas A&M and Minnesota. Uh, the question is, what's going on with Jordy Ball? She's got a sore arm. That's not a good situation. Didn't pitch in the Big 12 tournament. I would not expect her to pitch this weekend. Patty Gasso gave everybody on the Zoom yesterday a Jordy Ball update. Uh, still day to day. I just we we are the goal is to get her pain free, and we're still working in that direction. So a lot of different things that we're trying for her. Doctors are involved as well. So um, if it's doable, it'll be done. But we're not going to do it if it's not uncomfortable enough for her to do it there you go patty with the media yesterday i would expect the earliest you would see jordy ball will be at the uh, super regional that's according to chris plank and chris plank knows all about sooner women's softball so again oklahoma prairie view friday night 6 30 on espn plus the early game at marita heinz field begins at four o'clock on friday texas a&m in minnesota let me check golf stat real quick and see if we're done over at the jimmy 
Oklahoma with a 10-shot lead, and uh, we are very close to it being over. Oklahoma, 25 under par. Having a great day today, 11 under par. Ryan Hiddles Club uh, bouncing back from uh, a so-so day yesterday when Auburn was on fire. The Sooners are on fire today. And, again, they have a 10-shot lead over Auburn. They're 11 strokes up on Ole Miss with just a few holes left to play. Cowboys tied with uh, Georgia Tech in their regional at the Scarlet Course in Columbus. So, uh, Alan Bratton and the Cowboys, uh, you know, sharing that regional with Georgia Tech. Two good programs going at it there. And, again, the Sooners uh, with a big lead over Auburn. And uh, looks like Oklahoma's going to coast home and win that regional. And then we get ready for the uh, – the NCAA championship, which would be fun. I always love the match play. Sooners lost runner-up to Pepperdine a year ago. How cool would it be to have a little bedlam match play for the national championship? That would be good. That would be really good. All right, you want to get back to the text line? Let's see what the folks are saying. Ooh, ooh, people are popping off about Skyline Chili. Colin Brokenbo says Skyline Chili is served with spaghetti noodles. Is that a thing? I have heard that, Yes. What? Mm-hmm. Why, why do people do weird things with food? Now, listen, there are some pairings, there are some food pairings that make a lot of sense once you get over the initial shock factor. Like, I, I've always been a big chicken and waffles person. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that I talk to that have never had chicken and waffles before their first thought the the knee-jerk reaction is always chicken and waffles that sounds bizarre but i'm like no think about it think about it you got chicken you got the waffle you got the maple syrup to tie it all together just to envision that and they're like oh you know what actually i can i can see how it all would vibe there are some food pairings like that that once you get past the knee-jerk reaction of shock Mm-hmm. You start to think, okay, I I can see how that would work. Chili and noodles just doesn't. Chili and noodles is one of those things that just has no place in American cuisine. Well, it's kind of like uh, I don't know. Until you try it, you never know, right? What do the uh, What do the Brits eat for breakfast all the time? Beans and toast. You ever had beans and toast? I bet that sounds pretty good. Now the flatulence that comes along later is not good. That's why I stay away from beans quite a bit, but it actually sounds like it'd be pretty good. One of our listeners says it's called Chili Three-Way, and yes, it's gross. Hmm. Another asks, Parker has never had three-way chili? No, and I'm not planning on it. Maybe as a bucket list, check the box, say I did it type of thing if I'm ever in Cincinnati, but uh, not of my own volition. That is for certain. I believe cinnamon is is what those commies put in their chili, hmm. says one listener. Blasphemous. See, there, I, there's this popular myth. I, so I did, some, uh, I did some digging on the interwebs, and apparently there is this popular myth that Skyline Chili has chocolate in it, but it is a myth from everything I have gathered. Hmm. And it is Maybe we need to get myth, myth busters out there. Is that still on the air? Somebody's saying on the text line that Skyline also has chocolate and cinnamon in it. It's good. Try some mustard on your omelet or scrambled eggs next time. French's mustard, to be specific. What is happening? I I don't know. Mustard and eggs? Mustard. It's like, well, you know, mm-hmm. any, any, any and all yellow foods must taste good combined with one another. Are we grouping by color now? I guess so. Is that so. the thing? 
Chili beans and spaghetti, yum, says the 918. Uh, Peppa Pig loves beans on toast. Tell Mike the chocolate that is used in chili is normally a Mexican version. It's more bitter and earthy. Ah, it's got hints of earthiness, huh? Now, see, now the text line is becoming sharply divided on quote-unquote three-way chili, which I suppose is chili on spaghetti. Half the text line is saying it's awesome. Half the text line is saying it's disgusting. So, now I'm not necessarily sure this is a sequel to the uh, the whole poke salad discourse because <laughs> that well that was that was one month ago to the day actually April, right, April 18th was poke salad day I on this program. This was the home of Sooner fans, right? And you're talking about a poke salad. What are you talking about? Oh, Paul P O L K. All right, I stand corrected. This is a great question, reorienting to football. Who's winning a playoff game first, Oklahoma or the Dallas Cowboys? That is a very – that's a good one right there. I would would say Dallas. I would hear a case for either one. Because – That's going to be a neck-and-neck race. It's easier for Dallas to get in the playoffs, right, than Oklahoma to get in the – you know, your odds are better. So I would give a slight edge to the Cowboys. I don't know. The Cowboys are snake bitten. Is Oklahoma snake bitten? Would we categorize Oklahoma as snake bitten yet? No, I don't think so. Do you? Uh, no, I don't either. And the reason being is that every time Oklahoma has gotten to the playoff and lost, or gotten to the national championship, gotten to the BCS and lost, predating the playoffs, there was always a really legitimate reason why they lost. Yeah. Right? Whether it was injuries, whether it was shoddy coaching, whether it was just lack of team chemistry, whatever the case may be, you could always point to a reason why Oklahoma lost in the playoffs slash BCS. With the Cowboys, man, they get to the playoffs and they invent new ways to lose. Yeah, no doubt. Remember Aaron Rodgers in what was that, 2014? Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Some of these games, it's like the Cowboys have no business losing this, and yet they find a way. It's it's beautifully entertaining television. Big Bad Wolf says jelly with pigs on a blanket. That sounds interesting. Uh, pigs on a blanket eh, are awesome. It's got okay. I'll say this: I can see that working with the right kind of jelly. It's got to be like a peach or maybe an apricot. I'm thinking, but. You throw grape jelly on that stuff? What about no, a jalapeno jelly on uh, ooh, pigs in a blanket? Ooh, jalapeno jelly. Now, a pigs in a blanket. The pigs on a blanket at Pub W are awesome. Very tasty. I, I love pigs on a blanket. Really, really good. Okay, uh, man, we've got 9 million texts rolling in. I mean, it is – there are more texts rolling in than there are people following Tiger at Southern Hills right now. It's got to be a close race. Three-way chili isn't bad, says one listener. It's just messy and not worth the hassle. I'd rather have my chili with Fritos and my sketty with pasta sauce. Chili with Fritos, man. That is the prototypical cold winter night food. Dude, I always get some Fritos. Now, sometimes I'll just go with regular saltines, but when we were – Shay and I, we have a lot of – she makes great chili – just got the just the right amount of spiciness, but we always have a bag of Fritos. A little cheese, some onions, some diced onions, and some Fritos. And I don't know why, 
But I put a couple squirts of ketchup in my chili too. Ugh. Then I mix it all up, and it's Ugh. Uh, I'm, it's I'm, so I'm, good. I'm not a ketchup guy. So good. Uh, the Mad Hungarian says Skyline Chili is terrible. Al Rabowski? I was about to say, wasn't that Al Rabowski's <laughs> nickname? Yeah, the, the Mad Hungarian. I love how he used to fire himself up. Is that really you know, Al on the mind. text line, or is it an impersonator? I don't know. We may never know. The Mad Hungarian. I used to love the Mad Hungarian, man. Go ahead. Kids, if you've never seen the Mad Hungarian in action, go to YouTube. It's this place where you can find videos, every video ever recorded. Okay, He's one on more. YouTube. One more before we get to a break and welcome in Matt Reynolds from Southern Hills. Hey, Steely and Parker, I heard you guys preferring Texas A&M over LSU in a potential OU pod. If OU's pod had Texas and Arkansas for sure and then had a choice of Texas A&M or Missouri, who would each of you choose? So we touched on this earlier. Mm. I would go Texas A&M. I think that series with Oklahoma would be more competitive and there would be more in- emotional investment from both fan bases. To me... The OU-Missouri pseudo-rivalry was and is just kind of tired. Well, I don't think there was a rivalry. The A&M band would be awesome. Here's the problem. You've got to, Is Jimbo Fisher and his bag men, are they going to be involved? Is A&M going to be buying every recruiting class with 75, you know, five stars on their roster because they're paying them off? Um, so I would give a slight edge to Missouri because I think A&M, you know, until who knows? How much of this cheating is going to go on? There's a lot more money at A&M than Missouri. So I'm just pulling a mule shoe, and I'm a little bit scared of more competition. So I'm going to run to the show-me state for no, that one. No, no, Mike, Mike, Mike. The bag men at A&M, are they going away? That's what I need to know. If A&M is forced to play by some kind of rules, then I'll take A&M. But until then... Give me Mizzou. You're afraid of competition. Absolutely. Is that what you're saying? So you are you are no better than the man you've been hating on every day oh, on this show for the last I'm six months. That's very what I'm hearing. Reliable and dependable. That man is nuts. I don't lie. Well, I yeah, I do sometimes. White lies. Very small. Very small ones. Not the major earth shaking ones. Like Mule would tell. We'll be right back. Go to Southern Hills next. 8-11. The GOAT will be on the tee box tomorrow at Southern Hills in Tulsa. Tiger Woods, Jordan Spieth, Rory McElroy will be on the tee, and Matt Reynolds will be there. We'll get to Matt here in just one second. Let's hear what Tiger said yesterday on the Golf Channel about where he is physically right now compared to where he was physically when he finished up at Augusta. Well, I think that I have a better understanding of what to expect. You know, I didn't know if I was going to play even that week, whether I was going to be able to tee up or not. It was like every day, can we go? Can we go? You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, can we recover for the next day? And so like every every day was, can we do this? And uh, can I handle it? Can I can I deal with it and, and block it out mentally and, and, and still perform at a high level? And I did all right. I got through all 72 holes, but I didn't have the physical endurance and like, leg wasn't quite there and you know I wasn't exactly walking all that pretty um <laughs> towards the end but uh it's one of those things where I, I know what to expect now um 
and, and how, how do I go about hitting certain shots when I, you know, it doesn't quite feel right? Um, what are some of the swing, swing thoughts and feels I got to make adjustments on? And, you know, how do I do it? And it, there it was like it, every shot other than the tee shots, you're on a side hill slope somehow. And so that was, that was a great test and a great learning curve for me to, to know what this body, this new body can do. All right, and we'll find out what he can do uh, tomorrow, 8, 11 a.m. with Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy, uh, Tiger, and, uh, you know, Rory and and, uh, and Jordan is going to be big. Obviously, they're going off the 10th tee. Matt Reynolds is there at Southern Hills right now. Our reports brought to you by Craig Cox and Elite Roofing Systems from the PGA Championship at Southern Hills. Cox, uh, Craig Cox has done a great job, built a great company, Elite Roofing Systems. They're locally owned and operated, Elite Roofing company oklahoma city and tulsa's most affordable roofing company in oklahoma city you can call them at 405-361-3094 and in tulsa 918-984-5475 so matt you're following tiger around today how's he looking physically uh today physically he held up pretty well today not a whole bunch of a limp at all there was nine holes that he played this morning it was on the front nine uh, he didn't look really Lampard at all. Now, he didn't didn't hit it well, uh, but that's going to happen, uh, as he said many times, when he doesn't have the amount of practice that he's typically used to having. So he doesn't read a bunch of putts anymore. That's very evident as well, and you just you wonder, you know, can he get enough mojo going uh, to keep himself in a competitive shape when he's so limited on his practice and availability? Well, Matt, I, I want to rewind to his round at the Masters, uh, the third round in particular, as well as the final day there on Sunday. Uh, he obviously started strong, shot that 71 on Thursday, but it was the short game that cost him down the stretch at Augusta. From what you saw today in the nine holes that Tiger played, where do you feel his short game is at compared to where it was a month ago when he left so many strokes out there on the course in Georgia? I think it may be slightly improved, but it's pretty close to where we saw uh, at the Masters. And it's going to take you know him just getting hot. And that's possible. Tiger Woods, the guy can get hot. I'm not saying that that's impossible at all. But he's missing still putts that normally you see Tiger Woods make. And I know it's practice round, so it's not as you know, big of a deal. He's not necessarily always aiming even at a hole. Sometimes he's aiming at just a tee marker where they think a pen's going to be on Saturday or Sunday. But he just looks... You know, like a guy that's still coming off injury. That's just the reality of the situation. Matt Reynolds with us from uh, the PGA Championship as we get underway officially tomorrow at Southern Hills. Who is a sleeper in your mind in this field that not enough people are talking about? Biggest name that if you're in Vegas listening to the show or if you just want to root for a guy that's pretty fun and cool in my opinion, Shane Lowry has been playing great the practice rounds. The guy's just peppering greens, hitting the ball well, and his form has been solid coming into it. He's a guy who's won a championship at the major level uh, over the pond, so we know that he has that in him, and I think this could be a week where he jumps up and really does compete for this championship. Now, I know you just mentioned Lowry there, Matt, and I'm not necessarily looking for a sleeper here, but outside of Tiger, uh, from the practice uh, sessions that you've witnessed, anybody really standing out as somebody that uh, you feel is at the top of their game or looking particularly sharp heading into tomorrow's first round? I think the guy that is the no-brainer that 
no one really is talking about to the level that they probably would be a Tiger Woods Aaron Scotty Scheffler. I mean, we easily forget just how much of a run this guy's been on. He's looked very sharp so far here. And the other one I would throw out is Jordan Spieth. He's looked very, very uh, good here as well. I sat there and watched him putt. Uh, you know, when Tiger's talking about, hey, I can't practice for two hours on the putting green anymore. But Jordan Spieth's done that the last two days. I sat there and watched him with his coach, and he's really trying to dial in that putter, which cost him uh, last week's tournament. But maybe it was good for him to not win last week's tournament so he can get his mojo prepared for this because he's hitting the ball well. It's just going to come down to can he make the putts on all of the slopes across these many greens. Max Homa, one at Quail Hollow on a good golf course, uh, very well liked out there. He's the one who said, man, why can't I, can, you know, half, half of my name is Oklahoma. Why can't I contend at Southern Hills? Uh, Max Homa, do you see him being a factor? I do. I do. If I, if I wouldn't have given you the name Shane Lowry as a sleeper, Max Homa's my guy, the second guy I would have went to. He seems to be walking around this place almost as if, you know, he lives here. He's really good friends with Taylor Gooch. Uh, he's played a lot of practice rounds with him here this week. And he just seems at home, and for whatever reason, there's not many people that don't like Max Home. I haven't ran across many, so I'm sure there's some out there uh, somewhere in the world, but most of the people are behind him. I think he's got a lot of good energy heading into the weekend. He's never had a top-20 finish in any major championship, but I think this one could be the one. Now, Matt, as a uh, former golf course groundskeeper, I have to ask. I asked you Monday, asked you Tuesday, I'll ask you again here. Uh, you said the greens were rolling really fast on Monday, slowed down a bit yesterday. How are they looking today in comparison to what they were the first two days at Southern Hills? I would say they're pretty similar to Monday. I, I was told they're running about a 12 and a half, 12 to 12 and a half, which is pretty quick, especially considering the slopes on these greens depending on where they put the pens, could make it almost impossible uh, on some holes to make birdie unless you're in the right position uh, below the hole. If you get above the hole here, there's some holes that you are really in trouble. All right, Matt, big question. I know you're working, and we know you're very responsible because we hear you on the Gimme Zone with Josh Helmer and Brian Vineyard, and again, you guys will be on uh, 10 to noon on, on Saturday. But have you had the $18 beer? <laughs> I have not. I have not. Uh, I've not partaken in that uh, for many reasons. But uh, the price, lo and behold, it's the highest I've ever seen. But everything's high here. You know, no one's talking about the hamburger price, so that ain't any cheaper. You're looking at anything you buy here. Just be prepared. Have your wallet prepared. If you go, uh, make sure you ask the wife, can I go out of the house and spend, you know, 100 Let's be honest, it's going to be more than $100 because you got to buy a nice polo or something. Oh, the shop. yeah. I mean, that's going to be 100 on. by itself. No doubt. Uh, so we're hearing, though, that the $18 beer is a big beer, like a 25 ounce beer. Is that, have you seen the $18 beer being that toted around? That is accurate. It is a tall boy. Uh, there, there's no uh, no little beers here. Just okay. Tall boys. So that makes the price, I guess, a little bit more digestible. But it's still. Yeah, if you get a 12 ouncer, you'd have to take out some owner financing, you know? Inflation, I guess. That's what what they'll blame it on. They, I want to know if they have any baby formula out there. I'm looking for baby formula because that's nowhere to be found. Hey, Matt, good stuff. We will talk to you again tomorrow, doing an excellent job. And, uh, of course, you guys will have it all covered this weekend on the Gimme Zone with Josh and uh, Brian Vineyard. Uh, Great golf show. So we've got you covered on the PGA Championship. Thank you, Matt.
Thanks, guys. Matt Reynolds joining us. And again, our coverage of the PGA Championship, our reports brought to you by Craig Cox and Elite Roofing Systems, locally owned and operated. Elite Roofing is Oklahoma City and Tulsa's affordable roofing company. In OKC, you can call them up at 405-361-3094 or in Tulsa, 918-984-5475. Tiger's winning this, isn't he? Probably not, but I hope he does. I would take a top 10 in a heartbeat. I'm going Colin Morikawa. We'll be right back on the ref. One more award-winning segment here on Steel Man and Thune for a Wednesday and then locked in at the top of the hour with Parker and Tyler McComas. Riverwind Casino, it's all about winning. And uh, I tell you how you can win, not just by uh, playing the games over there, whether it's the uh, electronic games or getting on the gaming tables, but by getting out and taking part in the Beats and Bites Festival again this year, back for the sixth straight year. At Riverwind Casino, Beats and Bites features the best local food trucks, retail vendors, kid-friendly, pet-friendly, craft beer-friendly. They have a fireworks show coming in July, and as Jack Black said, in School of Rock, it's all about the music, man. Well, plus the food trucks and, you know, the pets and the kids and everything. But Night Ranger and Starship with Mickey Thomas on May 28th. First show out. That's a great way to kick it off. Then in June, Everclear, Sister Hazel and Deep Blue Something will be on the Beats and Bites stage. The Randy Rogers Band will uh, have a show in July, on July 9th, with a great fireworks display to follow their show on July 9th. So keep in mind, Randy Rogers and the fireworks and that's not his backing band. That's the display. Randy Rogers and a great fireworks display July 9th. Scotty McCreary on the stage July 30th. Beats and Bites is back for 2022. You can get your individual tickets to all of those shows right now. Get online and get them right now at Riverwind.com. That's a heck of a deal. $5 for each individual ticket, Riverwind.com. Or you can get them at the Riverwind uh, box office right over there by the uh, Showplace Theater. Riverwind is simply the best. All right, you want to get some texts in, Parker, before we get out of here? Let's go right ahead. Everybody's wondering about L.V. Bunkley Shelton, the transfer mm-hmm. wide receiver from Arizona State that visited Oklahoma and that uh, announced this morning that his final two is OU and Kansas. Now, look, from conversations that I've had with folks with knowledge of the program, the Sooners were prepared to take either L.V. Bunkley-Shelton or J.J. Hester, not both. Obviously, Hester committed. He will be joining the program. Thus, where does that leave Bunkley-Shelton? From what I understand, they do not have room to take him, so smart money is on Kansas right now. Then again, I was told that the Sooners didn't have room for general booty, but they made room to put him on scholarship. So, uh, I look, at the end of the day, when you're talking about scholarship limitations and numbers, there's almost always a way to finagle something. So am I telling you with 100% certainty he's not coming to OU? No, but I am telling you with 95% certainty he's not coming to OU. General booty, general booty. It works so well. General booty. Oh, man, I can hear it now. General booty. I can't help myself. I'm like five. Air Comfort Solution text line. I used to love Steel Man. Love his taste in music, but ketchup and chili, 
gross. I'm really sorry. It's just a thing I did as a kid, and I still, I it tastes good to me. That's all I can tell you. It's not. A, it doesn't overwhelm the chili. There's just a little bit of it. And if you put enough Fritos, if you're a Fritos person in chili or, you know, maybe some saltines, I always, I need something crunchy in my chili, but I, I apologize profusely. Another listener says, restaurants on Pine Street in Memphis serve spaghetti with barbecue sauce. That is a travesty. Hmm. And look, I am of the opinion that barbecue sauce is one of the most versatile condiments that there is. I will eat barbecue sauce the way a lot of folks eat ketchup. I'll eat it with just about anything. Spaghetti is one of those places where I have to draw the line. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yep. Spaghetti and barbecue sauce do not belong together. One is Italian. One is decidedly American. In fact, just about as American as it gets. Well, you sound like you're a xenophobe. You don't want Italy involved in America is what you're saying, right? <laughs> not on my plate. Okay, go to Ron's Hamburgers and where was it? Uh, and order a Pola sausage special, three-way chili with Pola sausage and onions. That sounds I, dangerous. You know what? I've never been to Ron Hanber- Ron's Hamburgers. I hear good things. Never been there, but I don't know. Do you like a good sausage? Like a, you know. If you go get barbecue, like if you go to Ray's or something, uh, you as, get as a hot a, link or the sausage. I was going to say, when you said, do you like a good sausage, I was trying to figure out whether you were trying to trap me into issuing an innuendo. But <laughs> um, no, as far as, uh, <laughs> as far as sausage goes, I'm not a huge sausage person at barbecue places. Uh, I, I'm more of a brisket guy. Sometimes I'll do turkey. Yeah. But. Slice brisket. I can do either one, yeah. honestly. It's brisket, It's, it's man. brisket. Doesn't really matter. And Ray sounds good. Daryl Ray, if you're listening, man, salute. Uh, Brahms chili adding ketchup is a must, says one listener. Mm-hmm. So that's my go-to at Brahms. I don't know if I've said that. You have on once show. before. I, okay, I have. You so know, I, I, I will get Brahms. the chili at I've Brahms. I've never had chili at Brahms, but I love Brahms. I think their burgers are really good. I love the crinkle-cut fries. I mean – Ice cream, we all scream for ice cream, right? And Brahms has delish ice cream. Plus, it's local. Another and listener. It's so fresh. Another listener says, you don't like barbecue pizza? Actually, I do. I love me a barbecue chicken pizza. I've, that might be my favorite I've pizza. I've never had a barbecue pizza. I've never made that decision. Maybe. Really? Like, my go-to would be Hideaway, the Boz at the Hideaway. It's pretty good. What is on it? Uh, a lot of stuff, plus just the perfectly, um, perfect amount of uh, jalapenos. Okay. So I was at Volare last night. Volare. Oh, sorry. And I uh, I got the bee sting, which is like a red sauce pizza that's got mozzarella and parmigiano on it, and then it has. This, I, I guess it's like a salami type of meat and honey. Hmm. Really? Yes. Good? And jalapenos as well. Yeah, it was delicious. It was delicious. That I kind of went out like on a limb. interesting concoction. You yeah. lived on the edge is what you did. I'm I proud did. of you. Very nice. It's like, okay, I can get with this. You basically hit driver off the deck with that pizza is what you did <laughs> on a par five. Very impressive. All right. We've got locked in coming up. Parker with Tyler McComas, always some really, really, really good radio. Ashton Cozart, they'll fill you in again. We talked about that earlier. If you missed it, I'm sure they'll get into that. I'm sure Parker's got that 
high on his list. So does Tyler. But everybody, have a wonderful Wednesday. We will see you tomorrow. Thanks for all the texts. Take care.